0: Chapter 1 of Russian Fairy Tales by William Ralston Shedden Ralston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Part 3. From a courtship and a marriage in peasant life, we may turn to a death and a burial. There are frequent allusions in the skazkas to these gloomy subjects, with reference to which we will quote two stories, one pathetic, the other unintentionally grotesque. Neither of them bears any title in the original, but we may style the first, The Dead Mother. In a certain village there lived a husband and wife, lived happily, lovingly, peaceably, all their neighbors envied them, the sight of them gave pleasure to honest folks. Well, the mistress bore a son, but directly after it was born, she died. The poor moujik moaned and wept. Above all, he was in despair about the babe. How was he to nourish it now? How to bring it up without its mother? He did what was best, and hired an old woman to look after it. Only here was a wonder. All day long, the babe would take no food and did nothing but cry. There was no soothing it anyhow." but during a great part of the night one could fancy it wasn't there at all so silently and peacefully did it sleep what is the meaning of this thinks the old woman suppose i keep awake to-night maybe i shall find out well just at midnight she heard someone quietly open the door and go up to the cradle the babe became still just as if it was being suckled the next night the same thing took place, and the third night, too. Then she told the Moujik about it. He called his kinfolk together, and held counsel with them. They determined on this to keep awake on a certain night, and to spy out who it was that came to suckle the babe. So at eventide they all lay down on the floor, and beside them they lighted a taper, hidden in an earthen pot. At midnight the cottage door opened, some one stepped up to the cradle, the babe became still, at that moment one of the kinfolk suddenly brought out the light, they looked and saw the dead mother, in the very same clothes in which she had been buried, on her knees beside the cradle, over which she bent as she suckled the babe at her dead breast.' The moment the light shone in the cottage, she stood up, gazed sadly on her little one, and then went out of the room without a sound, not saying a word to anyone. All those who saw her stood for a time terror-struck, and then they found the babe was dead. The second story will serve as an illustration of one of the Russian customs with respect to the dead, and also of the ideas about witchcraft still prevalent in Russia we may create for it the title of the dead witch there was once an old woman who was a terrible witch and she had a daughter and a granddaughter the time came for the old crone to die so she summoned her daughter and gave her these instructions mine daughter when i am dead don't you wash my body with lukewarm water but fill a cauldron, make it boil its very hottest, and then with that boiling water, regularly scald me all over.' After saying this, the witch lay ill two or three days, and then died. The daughter ran round to all her neighbors, begging them to come and help her wash the old woman, and meantime the little granddaughter was left alone in the cottage. And this is what she saw there. All of a sudden there crept out from beneath the stove two demons, a big one and a tiny one, and they ran up to the dead witch. The old demon seized her by the feet and tore away at her, so that he stripped off all her skin at one pull. Then he said to the little demon, "'Take the flesh for yourself and lug it under the stove.' So the little demon flung his arms round the carcass and dragged it under the stove.' Nothing was left of the old woman but her skin. Into it the old demon inserted himself, and then he lay down just where the witch had been lying. Presently the daughter came back, bringing a dozen other women with her, and they all set to work laying out the corpse. "'Mammy,' says the child, "'they've pulled Granny's skin off while you were away.' "'What do you mean by telling such lies?' "'It's quite true, Mammy.' there was ever such a blackie came from under the stove and he pulled the skin off and got into it himself hold your tongue naughty child you're talking nonsense cried the old crone's daughter then she fetched a big cauldron filled it with cold water put it on the stove and heated it till it boiled furiously then the women lifted up the old crone laid her in a trough took hold of the cauldron and poured the whole of the boiling water over her at once the demon couldn't stand it he leaped out of the trough dashed to the doorway and disappeared skin and all the women stared what marvel is this they cried here was the dead woman and now she isn't here there's nobody left to lay out or bury the demons have carried her off before our very eyes a russian peasant funeral is preceded or accompanied by a considerable amount of wailing which answers in some respect to the irish keening to the zaplatchki or laments, which are uttered on such occasions, frequently by hired whalers, who closely resemble the Corsican vociferators, the modern Greek murologists, allusions are sometimes made in the skazka. In the Fox Whaler, for example, one of the variants of the well-known Jack and the Beanstalk story, an old man puts his wife in a bag and attempts to carry her up the beanstalk to heaven becoming tired on the way he drops the bag and the old woman is killed after weeping over her dead body he sets out in search of a whaler meeting a bear he cries wail a bit bear for my old woman i'll give you a pair of nice white fowls the bear growls out oh dear grandy of mine how i grieve for thee no no says the old man you can't wail going a little further he tries a wolf but the wolf succeeds no better than the bear at last a fox comes by and on being appealed to he begins to sing aloud true true grandmother grandfather has killed thee a wail which pleases the widower so much that he hands over the fowls to the fox at once and asks enraptured for that strain again one of the most curious of the stories which relate to a village burial One in which also the feeling with which the Russian villagers sometimes regard their clergy finds expression is that called the treasure. In a certain kingdom there lived an old couple in great poverty. Sooner or later the old woman died. It was in winter, in severe and frosty weather. The old man went round to his friends and neighbors, begging them to help him to dig a grave for the old woman but his friends and neighbours knowing his great poverty all flatly refused the old man went to the pope but in that village they had an awfully grasping pope one without any conscience and says he lend me a hand reverend father to get my old woman buried but have you got any money to pay for the funeral if so friend pay it beforehand it's no use hiding anything from you not a single copeck have i at home but if you'll wait a little i'll earn some and then i'll pay you with interest on my word i'll pay you the pope wouldn't so much as listen to the old man if you haven't any money don't you dare to come here says he what is to be done thinks the old man i'll go to the graveyard dig a grave as best i can and bury the old woman myself so he took an axe and a shovel and went to the graveyard when he got there he began to prepare a grave he chopped away at the frozen ground on the top with an axe and then he took to the shovel he dug and dug and at last he dug out a metal pot looking at it he saw that it was stuffed full of ducats and shone like fire the old man was immensely delighted and cried glory be to thee o lord i shall have wherewithal to both bury my old woman and to perform the rites of remembrance he did not go on digging the grave any longer "'but took the pot of gold and carried it home. "'Well, we all know what money will do. "'Everything went as smooth as oil. "'In a trice there were found good folks to dig the grave and fashion the coffin. "'The old man sent his daughter-in-law to purchase meat and drink "'and different kinds of relishes. "'Everything there ought to be at memorial feasts. "'And he himself took a ducat in his hand and hobbled back again to the Pope's. "'The moment he reached the door, out flew the Pope at him.' you were distinctly told you old lout that you were not to come here without money and now you've slunk back again don't be angry batyushka said the old man imploringly here's gold for you if you'll only bury my old woman i'll never forget your kindness the pope took the money and didn't know how best to receive the old man where to seat him with what words to smooth him down well now old friend be of good cheer everything shall be done said he the old man made his bow and went home and the pope and his wife began talking about him there now the old hunks they say so poor forsooth, so poor and yet he's paid a gold piece many a defunct person of quality have i buried in my time but i never got so from any one before the pope got under way with all his retinue and buried the old crone in proper style after the funeral the old man invited him to his house to take part in the feast in memory of the dead well they entered the cottage and sat down to table and there appeared from somewhere or other meat and drink and all sorts of snacks everything in profusion the reverend guest sat down ate for three people looked greedily at what was not his the other guests finished their meal and separated to go to their homes then the pope also rose from the table the old man went to speed him on his way and soon as they got into the farmyard, and the Pope saw that they were alone at last, he began questioning the old man. "'Listen, friend, confess to me. Don't leave so much as a single sin on your soul. It's just the same before me as before God. How have you managed to get on at such a pace? You used to be a poor musique, and now, Mary, where did it come from? Confess, friend, whose breath have you stopped? Whom have you pillaged?' "'What are you talking about, Batyushka? "'I will tell you the exact truth. "'I have not robbed, nor plundered, nor killed anyone. "'A treasure tumbled into my hands of its own accord.' "'And he told how it all happened. "'When the Pope heard these words, "'he actually shook all over with greediness. "'Going home, he did nothing by night and by day, "'but think, at such a wretched lout of a Moujik "'should have come in for such a lump of money.' is there any way of tricking him now and getting this pot of money out of him he told his wife about it and he and she discussed the matter together and held counsel over it listen mother says he we've a goat haven't we yes all right then we'll wait until it's night and then we'll do the job properly late in the evening the pope dragged the goat indoors killed it and took off its skins horns beard and all complete then he pulled the goat's skin over himself, and said to his wife, "'Bring a needle and thread, mother, and fasten up the skin all around, so that it mayn't slip off.' So she took a strong needle and some tough thread, and sewed him up in the goat's skin. Well at the dead of night the Pope went straight to the old man's cottage, got under the window, and began knocking and scratching. The old man, hearing the noise, jumped up and asked, "'Who's there?' "'The devil.' ours is a holy spot shrieked the moujik and began crossing himself and uttering prayers listen old man said the pope from me thou wilt not escape although thou mayst pray although thou mayst cross thyself much better give me back my pot of money otherwise i shall make thee pay for it see now i pitied thee in thy misfortune and i showed thee the treasure thinking thou wouldst take a little of it to pay for the funeral but thou hast pillaged it utterly the old man looked out of the window the goat's horns and beards caught his eye it was the devil himself no doubt of it let's get rid of him money and all thinks the old man i've lived before without money and now i'll go on living without it so he took the pot of gold carried it outside flung it on the ground and bolted indoors again as quickly as possible the pope seized the pot of money and hastened home when he got back come says he the money is in our hands now here mother put it well out of sight and take a sharp knife cut the thread and pull the goatskin off me before anyone sees it she took a knife and was beginning to cut the thread at the seam when forth flowed blood and the pope began to howl oh it hurts mother it hurts don't cut mother don't she began ripping the skin open in another place but with just the same result the goatskin had united with his body all around and all that they tried and all that they did even to taking the money back to the old man was of no avail the goat skin remained clinging tight to the pope all the same god evidently did it to punish him for his great greediness end of part 3 recording by kevin davidson www.blogordie.com